start out with a reading from the Word today. If you don't have an amplified Bible, don't worry about pulling your Bibles out right now. Just follow along on the screen because we're going to read in Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 6 from the Amplified. It says, Do not judge and criticize and condemn others so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemned yourselves. For just as you judge and criticize and condemn others, you will be judged and criticized and condemned. And in accordance with the measure you use to deal it out to others, it will be dealt out again to you. Why do you stare from without at the very small particle that is in your brother's eye, but do not become aware and consider the beam of timber that is in your own eye? Or how can, I say to your, how can you say to your brother, let me get the tiny particle out of your eye, when there is a beam of timber in your own eye. You hypocrite, first get the beam of timber out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the tiny particle out of your brother's eye. Do not give that which is holy, the sacred things, to the dogs, and do not throw your pearls before hogs, lest they trample upon them with their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask for a word from you today. God, we ask to hear a message from you, not from me. We want to know what you want us to know. We want to see what you want us to see. So Holy Spirit, anoint me to preach this gospel, to preach your word with truth, that it would align with the hearts of all that are here today, and there would be good seeds sown in good soil to bring forth a harvest of your purposes in each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Well, in case you haven't figured it out by now, today we're going to talk a little bit about judging and criticizing uh, other people. Now, I got a couple of jokes just to start off to kind of lighten the mood. This isn't always a great topic to get rolling with, right? But uh, started out, there were three guys. They went out into, uh, went out into town, and uh, one of the guys, he got a little too tuckered out. We talk code, by the way, when the kids are in service, right? Tuckered out is a code word. I think you know what that means, right? So our launch kids are here today, which are, anyway. So he gets a little too tuckered out. He creates a big disturbance, gets into a scrap with two other guys, and then they throw this guy in jail. And so this guy appears before the judge, and the judge says, okay, so let me ask you first of all, sir, where do you work? He says, well, you know, here and there. Judge gets a little frustrated. He says, okay, well, what is it you do? And he says, well, you know, this and that. So the judge angrily says, all right, take him away and put him in prison and begin his sentence. And so the guy starts to panic. He turns back to the judge and he says, well, wait a minute. When am I going to get out? And he said, you know, sooner or later. <laughs> How many Supreme Court judges does it take to screw in a light bulb? I know this is one. He holds the light bulb, and the rest of the world revolves around him. <laughs> Pretty good, yeah. Anyway. It's funny, this, this scripture, judge other, don't judge others lest you be judged. You know, it's kind of like the most popular verse of scripture that people that aren't Christians know. Isn't it? It's like the one that everybody knows so well and remembers that doesn't even subscribe to the rest of the things in this book. But they love that one. I think that that's kind of funny. And, and, and when it comes to this, this idea of judging and having a critical spirit, listen, it's, it's, it's really very important that we get a good understanding about this. Because 
this thing gets taken to two extremes, at least the way I see it. Number one is that you have the extreme side where people do actually judge people in the church you know they judge other people out of the church or they criticize and they they do these things in such a way where they only end up driving people further away from God in a desire to know him and that is a that is a terrible thing and that is definitely not walking in alignment with the way God teaches us in his word to be as followers of Christ to those outside of the church but on the other hand You've got this crazy stuff going on today where like even basically making a statement about your beliefs or your opinions or standing for some sort of biblical conviction gets misconstrued like you're judging someone. Like you're being judgmental when in fact you're really just standing for your conviction. So much so that a lot of people even in the church, a lot of people that are trying to live and follow God, become very worried or fearful that anything they might do or anything they might say to really stand firm in their convictions, that they would be accused of being judgmental. And so they shy away from that. And so it's kind of like going to, to one extreme or the other. So where's the clarity in this? Where's the line that we can walk out that sort of the clarity in the fog of this whole situation? Now, how many people, I know no one here struggles with this. I know there's not a person in the room that deals with this, but how many of you know someone that's maybe judgmental or critical? Just raise your hand if you know someone, because I know nobody here does, right? Look, you know, being critical and judgmental, it's kind of like peeing in the shower. <laughs> we all do it, right? 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 We all do it, right? And uh, my wife and I, we argue this. I, I said, Katie, I know you do, and I know everybody else does, so stop getting on me about it, right? I mean, you know, it's like you get all warm and comfortable, and it just happens. You don't even really think about it. Come on. There's no way to prove this, but I know you all do. And that's how being judgmental can be and being critical. It's like we can just all of a sudden sort of slip into it. <laughs> we can just all of a sudden just kind of in the sake of a conversation, in the situation of a conversation or something else that's going on, all of a sudden we can bring ourselves to a point well, we're actually kind of casting judgment or being critical on other people. And if you, if you look at that word judgment or to judge in the Greek, it's a word named krino. And it, it basically implies a lot of things. It means to reach a verdict, to come to a conclusion, an absolute conclusion, and to even in the process of doing that sort of cast forth a punishment or a sentence at the same time. And so when we bring on judgment or we bring on criticism to other people, what we're basically saying is that we have reached some sort of a definitive conclusion that we know, that we understand about that individual that's absolute. And in many cases, we kind of even want to sort of render a punishment or a sentence along with that, right? And we've got to be so careful because when we do this, we sort of allow ourselves to get into like generalizing things where if we think that that person we say we cast sort of criticism or judgment because we render a conclusion then we think now that person is that way 
So we're sort of committed to thinking that everything about that person, about their action is flowing out of that judgment that we've made about them. They're always wrong or they're always mean or they're always selfish or they're always that kind of person. Like somehow we know their heart, right? Now, how many know that man is incapable of peering into the heart of another man? This is something that only God can do. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And Jesus is saying in this scripture in Matthew 7, in the Sermon on the Mount, He is prohibiting us from doing this, from making judgments, from making accusations and criticisms, about the inward heart of other people, to somehow think that we could really know what it is that someone is feeling or thinking, that there's always so much more beyond the action that we can never get to, that Jesus understands, and that's why he's saying, listen, you can never cast judgment on other people. And he even says, look, if you go as far as to cast judgment, just be prepared to have that judgment, that same measure of judgment brought back on you. And we don't obviously want that, but Jesus goes as far as to tell us, listen, we, we cannot judge other people or reach conclusions about other people of, of their intentions and of their heart. And so we've just got to be aware and beware of ever allowing ourselves to do this. Now, I think this is very interesting that Jesus is saying this because he's really qualified, the only one who is qualified to actually be a judge. Because he's God, right? He's got the Son of God. And so he can see the heart of a man. But do you know what Jesus does when he walks along on this earth while he's here? He refrains from actually judging people. Listen to these scriptures. I'm going to go through three very quickly with you. First of all, in John 8, 15 and 16, he says, You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. So he's saying, I don't judge people, but if I did, I would be qualified to do that. In John chapter 12, verse 46 and 48, he says, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I do not, did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. And then the last one is John 3, 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. See, casting judgment, it brings forth like condemnation. It brings forth a sentencing and a punishing towards other people like they deserve something. We know that they, they, they deserve to get something because of what we've established that their, their heart is or what their intentions are. And Jesus, he refrained from doing that. Now, making sure you understand that there is a judgment that comes at a point 
whenever we leave this earth, there will be a judgment time. But Jesus is saying, listen, I came now to save the world. I came now to reach the lost people. I came to encourage and bring a message of hope, not one of condemnation. And any time we get in a place where we start judging and criticizing, we're bringing forth that critical spirit, that spirit of condemnation that is completely contrary and opposing to bringing forth that message of hope and salvation to see people saved. And so when we step out and we start judging and we start criticizing other people or casting a decision upon their intentions, then we basically usurp our authority and we kind of step into a place that's only reserved for God. And this creates a lot of challenges because when God is trying to deal with a person and he is trying to work on their heart like he only can do, if we get in the way and we start bringing judgment and criticism to somehow say like, well, I'm going to help them see their fault. I'm going to help them see their issue. Then we can actually kind of get in between, are you with me, God and that person and interfere with God's ability to purely really be able to deal with the heart of that individual. That's not our role. And Jesus is making that really, really clear here. And a lot of the people in the world have been kind of victimized, if you will, by people in the church judging others in the name of the gospel when in reality that is never their assigned role to begin with. Does that make sense? Now, the opposite of, of that would be encouraging others and, and bringing forth hope. You know, looking at a situation where there may be some things wrong or some things going on that are off course, and we, we kind of see that, but to say, listen, you know, but there's always the possibility that that person can turn it around. There's always the hope that I'm carrying that that person is going to, you know, God's going to deal with them or they're going to get a conviction about what's going on. And no matter how bad it ever gets, that somebody can always come out of the darkest, worst place that they've ever been in if God will, if they'll just turn and seek God and he'll rescue them and save them out of that pit that they find themselves in. It's kind of choosing to say, you know what, I'm not going to see and talk about and speak about all these definitive conclusions about this this person, even though there may be some issues and some things going wrong, but I'm going to choose to speak and believe for and walk with them in such a way where I'm always carrying this, uh, this hope in my heart that somewhere along the way, God will really deal with this person and help them see where it is that they need to turn. Now in verses three through five, whenever he says, he talks about the plank, I'm going to reread those. He says, why do you stare from without, at the, at the perimeter, from, at the small particle that's in your brother's eye, but do not become aware and consider the beam of timber that's in your own eye. And then he goes on to say that, you know, first you want to take the beam out of your eye so that you can see clearly the timber that's in your, or see clearly the particle that's in your brother's eye to help remove it. So there's a greater emphasis here that we get in this scripture that Jesus is placing not on the outward directing of things for other people, but more on the inward examination of ourselves. 
saying, listen, he's saying, if you try to go and, and even lead a person or help a person or guide a person in the error of their ways, if there's anything about you that is hypocritical to that situation, it's going to contaminate, it's going to debilitate your ability to be, help that person lead them through that situation. So he's saying, listen, you, we need to be focused, a higher priority needs to be placed on the inward examination of ourselves, constantly allowing the Lord to deal with us, say, God, is there anything in me? Is there anything that I need to be open to, that you need to deal with me about? And just regularly allow God to examine our heart. Because here's the fact, guys, is that every single one of us have some dirt in our eye about something. We've all got a little wood in our eye about something. Something that we think we've got figured out, whatever it may be, maybe it's in relationships, maybe it's in, it could be in anything, right? But there's something that we are off on and that we are not correct on and, it, and it, that represents just wood in our eye. And if we try to be a person that leads and helps other people deal with their issues, when we have stuff ourselves, it's going to become a stumbling block and it's going to hinder our ability to be used by God and for our message to be able to go forth and be profitable to those that hear it. So we have to have a good attitude about things all the time and be very encouraging and hopeful and see things the right way. It's funny how we can be a lot more forgiving or a lot more lenient with people when they get into situations or they're doing things that we ourselves have maybe been through before, isn't it? It's like all of a sudden you just don't find yourself being critical about that. Oh, but I know, you know, I've been there. I mean, I know how bad it is. And, and, and so there's a, there's a testimony there, but there's a sense of empathy. And oh, if we could just kind of have that same attitude about everything that people are going through, right? Even the things that we ourselves don't necessarily say, can't necessarily say we've been through before, but even the stuff that people are going through that we haven't, that we could just say, listen, you know what? I just don't understand everything that's going on. It doesn't make sense to me, but I know that they can turn this thing around. I'm not going to start talking about things definitively like they're, they are this or they are that because I just don't know their heart. I believe that the situation is bad, but I know God can turn things around no matter what is going on. And we can do that. We just get a little bit more forgiving. We can kind of be a little bit more grace lending in situations that we've walked through ourselves. I know for a long time, Katie and I, we kind of joke back and forth. You know, I always say stuff about her driving or whatever. And it's like, oh, you know, it's like, hey, you just cut that 18-wheeler off, you know. And, ah, I gasp. And she's like, my gosh, there's no air left in the car, you know. And, uh, and I was, I mean, I'm, you know, being a little critical there. Don't judge me, okay. And, uh, but then I had two accidents in the last six months, totaled one of our vehicles and then two insurance claims. Of course, neither one of them were my fault. But, uh, you know, so now I'm a little bit more understanding when she nearly kills all of us when we're driving on the road. Yeah. Oh, babe. Well, you know, we all can do it. Hey, whoo. Praise the Lord. We're safe, you know. But. It's those things that we have been through. <laughs> it's those things that we have been through and we've come out of 
that we tend to have a really compassionate heart for other people who find themselves in the same places. And that's a great thing. But I'm just challenging us today. I'm just encouraging us. Let's look at every situation that we, the people we love, that we care about, that they find themselves in. Let's look at every situation with the same kind of compassionate heart. Maybe we don't fully understand the details of everything or why they've got into a place like that, but we have to carry a, a heart of hope and a message of hope for those people, something that is encouraging and that's uplifting because if we bring forth any kind of message of criticism, of guilt, of condemnation, I'm just telling you, the only thing that that will do for a person outside the body of Christ is drive them further away. And I don't ever wanna be accused or be found guilty before God of saying, you know, the way you handled that situation, you pushed that person further away from me because you carried a message in a critical heart and you didn't, you didn't go forth out of love and out of encouragement and out of hope before you did that. And he says these things Jesus does in these last few verses here. He says, don't cast your pearls before swine. And I think this is interesting. He says, you know, because they'll just trample it under feet and turn and tear you into pieces. And I, I want to make this same point in this message that while we cannot judge people and we cannot judge the heart of others, that we are definitely called to be able to identify sin and identify evil where it exists. Now, the key is, what do you do with that identification how do you handle the responsibility of that as a person who's a part of the body of Christ because what he's saying when he says don't cast your pearls before swine is he's basically saying don't try to go forth and speak words of truth from the scriptures and from the word of God to people who don't necessarily subscribe to that to begin with Right, he's saying because they're just going to trample it underfoot. They're going to reject it, and they're going to reject you. Those methods are very effective if we're speaking to a fellow believer who has an open heart, who wants to grow, and who wants to live a life that God has for them. That's when we're putting forth the message appropriately and properly. But if we try to go forth and cast a message of critique or instruction or direction to people about things and say, well, you know, this is what the Bible says or this is what God says we have to do and they don't even subscribe to that to begin with then it's going to become ineffective and, and potentially push them further away and it's in those moments where that message of love and that message of compassion is what needs to lead the way when Jesus said love others as I have loved you that's what he's saying love unconditionally no matter what they're going through no matter what's happening no matter how much bad they're in if you love Love them unconditionally and you just extend that message of hope, forgiveness, and grace that at the right point in the right time, whenever God starts to convict them, they'll be ready to receive the truth of the message that we really want to give them, right? And that's what he's saying. Now, I think that this is a big deal to talk about because, like I said in the beginning, a lot of times we get misconstrued as being judgmental when we're just trying to live a right life, we're just trying to stand firm on our convictions, right? If I say, well, you know what, I'm not going to allow my kids to go do that or to be a part of this thing because I don't think, 
You know, that's not something that we would do. Does that mean that I'm judging parents who let their kids do that? No, but it, also, it oftentimes can get misconstrued and miscommunicated that way. Or if I say that, hey, you know, I think it's wrong to, to, to be in a marriage that is not between a man and a woman, then does that mean I'm judging the person that is in that relationship? No, it does not mean that. And I say this because I, I want to also empower us and, and sort of help us to see that we can't be timid and we can't be weak about our convictions and our beliefs, but this isn't the same thing as taking that and waving that flag as a reason to go out and be judgmental and critical to the world around us that isn't living in alignment with the same convictions that we hold. There's a way that the Bible leads us and teaches us to handle those kinds of situations, right? And so when we do that, we have to realize we have been given, Jesus said in John chapter 7, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. And he's not talking about judging people and their hearts. I hope we've already established that part. But he's talking about being able to judge sin for what it is. Because there's value and there's benefit and there's profit in us as followers of Christ being able to identify evil and know what it is and know what's right and wrong so that we ourselves can be able to withstand temptation and stay back from the things that might pull us into places that we can't and don't want to get into. Right? But when we do identify that, there's a responsibility that we have to understand we carry when we do so. First of all, we can't do so rashly. We can't just quickly say, oh, that's what that is. Oh, that's what that is. We have to seek the Lord in this. We have to be prayerful to be able to identify when things are wrong. And we have to also know what the Word of God says, right? What the Word and the Bible say is establishing definitive lines about things that are right, that are wrong, what's truth, and what's not. And we have to be able to look at it that way. Also, as I said a second ago, we have to love the person. We have to be able to separate the sin from the person because Jesus hates sin but he loves the sinner right and we have to be able to, to see when something is evil or when there is sin present we have we identify that but we don't cast a judgment about the person in the process of doing so and then we maintain a, a heart of love and compassion for that individual, but yet we draw lessons and we draw uh, wisdom from identifying and seeing where evil exists and what types of things or conclusions can come as a result of partaking in those type of things, that that's beneficial and helpful to us. And really, the last thing that we would do is that we would say, is there an opportunity if we see that to be able to help or to guide or to instruct a person who may be, have found themselves in a place like that. And, and Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians, he talks about how he's like, I don't even, I don't bother with myself trying to judge people outside of the church. He's saying when things are happening with fellow believers under the right circumstances, when I have a heart of love, when a person is, is able to receive, then we can speak the truth in love and it can actually make a difference and it can help guide people or maybe steer people back on track. 
And, that, and so there's a lot of things that, that we benefit from, from being able to, to have what Jesus talks about there is righteous judgment, where we understand what evil is or what sin is. But for the most part, it's in a very rare set of circumstances that we ever go necessarily to an individual and start talking to them about what they're doing wrong and where their faults are. It just doesn't create a beneficial situation for either of us. For example, I, I look at it as I am called to be a pastor to a certain group of people. But I'm not called to pastor everybody. I understand that. And so if I try to go out and pastor people outside of my flock, outside of our congregation, then what I'm doing is I am kind of putting myself in a place of authority or of respect that I haven't been given by those individuals, which is really the key that has to be the, the thing, is that I have to be given that permission to do so. I'm not called to be everybody. I don't go around when I'm out living my life and I see things that may be wrong and go up to people and start saying, hey, this is wrong, brother. Hey, that is wrong, brother. Hey, this is wrong, sister, right? That would be crazy. What would I do? I would, would I get a lot of friends? No. I love on people and I encourage them and I try to help them have hope and I can just tell you it's when you do that the, the stuff works because as you do that then the relationship starts kind of bonding closer and then your permission to sort of speak into their life expands and gets broader and as you love and you break down walls of you know, mistrust or just defenses through that love and that compassion and that encouragement, then all of a sudden the opportunities to be able to offer the words of truth according to the scriptures begin to open themselves up and the, the life that we should already be living transparently according to those very convictions is evident to those people before their eyes as we've loved on them and encouraged them along the way. Does that make sense? So, and we just, and we have to be, we have to be prepared when those opportunities come to also walk through things with people and continue to help them through that. Not just point out something that could be a fault, but to actually be able to offer a solution of hope and to be committed to walking through that with them. There's nothing that bugs me more than when somebody has something that they say is wrong, but they have no solution that they can help you with for it, right? Well, this is, here's what the issue is. Okay, what do I do about it? I can't help you. Right, so when we, when we have those opportunities and we run into those situations where you know, our, our, our heart is, is, has been shown, our love for those people have been shown, and they're open to what we have to say, then we've got to be able to be committed to helping them through that process to find the solution and the, and the hope that we know is there in Jesus. Right? Let's all stand to our